0: Welcome back to another issue. I'm Beastie Boy. I'm Table. I'm Red. And it is I, Shino Brando. And in this issue, we tackle the behind-the-scenes controversy from Disney and Warner Brothers, from John Boyega and Ray Fisher. So,
1: for the last, I believe, two or three years almost even, two actors have brought to voice some concerns about behind-the-scenes uh, I guess, actions, controversy, you would say, towards them in particular. Both John Boyega and Ray Fisher have gone through some things uh, that they've been very vocal about over the years. And I think, we you know, it's good that we kind of tackle that issue here and kind of inform the people who may not know what's going on or kind of get deeper into it, particularly with John Boyega, because I believe with him, he, you know, he spoke up and then he said he had a sit-down talk with Disney afterwards and kind of didn't really go deep into it. But, like, later on, things have come to light particular like script treatments of what his character and what it could have been and you could just kind of see where it degraded to. so for those of you who don't know this was john's big break into hollywood he had just come fresh off attack the block back in i believe in london jj abrams kind of noticed him in that movie and wanted someone with kind of like that kind of serious poise who can kind of hold down a bit of comedy but yet a bit of seriousness on screen so after a few auditions he just told john hey man part is yours i want you to be part of this and he was super excited to be part of it because in particular with star wars you don't really get too many prominent black characters and so john he was going to be something a bit you know a bit of refreshing right something new something bold and something to be you know to give you know the the ethnic crowd something to be proud of
2: A voice, if you will.
1: Exactly, right? And in the beginning you can you can see that the the motion was no the motion towards that was there, right? Finn's awakening was there. He you know he defied his his orders, he he defected, he fought back, right? All things that these stormtroopers shouldn't have never done because they're all conditioned to just serve and only serve. So there was something there for him that he was, you know, his character would have grown over time. But as we got to the sequel now, Last Jedi, things kind of fell apart not just not just for him but to for Kelly Marie Tran as well her co-star she played Rose Tico and from what I know from what I read actually I should say that during that whole time that they were they were filming the script had changed <laughs> more over than it should have where a story would just drop plot would be taken, then removed, and then re-added in and or just re-edited. So a lot of things, especially with that movie, you can kind of see it's kind of disjointed. So you know, Finn and Rose on screen, you see that they're pretty much sidelined on a mission that amounts to nothing.
3: It doesn't change the plot.
1: At all. Yeah, they were given almost the Indiana Jones effect, right? Like that that whole thing would have happened if they were there or not.
3: I mean I think the big thing that pisses me off is that Boyega has explicitly said that he was told he was going to be a main character.
1: Yeah.
2: And then he absolutely was not.
1: He was not.
3: And
2: not Um, only that, it was, he was featured on the main posters. We have showed that image before with him straight up holding a lightsaber. The first stormtrooper to do so. And also the first stormtrooper to defect like that.
1: Exactly. You know what's funny about that whole poster situation too? Because if you guys have tuned into uh, They Gotta Have Us, that docuseries, he spoke about that whole situation, right? His... His friends had informed him that the overseas poster was completely different. And he took a look and saw that his image was either removed or shrunken to like less significance. So, you know, for him, he was just like, initially when he got the job from JJ, he told JJ pretty much that, you know, like, are you, are you sure about this? Because you're going to, you're going to get a lot of pushback, right? This is this is the kind of world we live in. Right. And like, John, for him, he's just being a realist. Like, he's like, some people are going to talk about this. Some people are not going to like it. Right. And he's like, I don't really care because, you know, like I want to be in Star Wars. So like, they can see my face everywhere. It's just that's too bad for them. But just, you know, be prepared for that pushback. And you know what? He was completely right. Day one, JJ showed him the trailer, showed him like the first thing you see is Finn's face pops up. Right. You hear the narrator say, oh, no, there's been an awakening. And in five, Finn just popped up from that scene in, uh, in, in Jakku when he just he just crash landed. For, for John, that was like a moment for him because he was like, you know, the new trilogy is coming out and the first image you see is him. So he felt really good about that. But day one of that trailer dropping, it, there was already a lot of pushback, a lot of people complaining. And, you know, for obvious, you no know, racial reasons. Both J.J. and John didn't care, though. They, they did what they wanted to do. But yet it kind of fell apart for Last Jedi. And you can see what happened to both him and his co-star. And it's pretty sad. And yeah, like... Going into uh, The Rise of Skywalker, you can see that his presence is very there, but not there. You no, know, he's there on screen, but like Finn does nothing new and nothing for you in this whole movie. He's just there on screen to you know, kind of like play off with Poe Dameron. It's just sad to see that a character that had such a huge spark in the beginning falls to nothing by the end. And when he came out of that whole filming, situation he literally spoke up about that his years filming with those guys and you no know, this just the behaviors and and just the fact that like you can see that he had to just put up with it because he's under contract so he had to be quiet and it's unfair to see someone's career or his character even just kind of get flushed out for nothing while all you know all nuance and all love goes to your you know your main white stars kylo ren and Ray in particular
2: if i may quote him exactly the story says the reordered character hierarchy of 2017's the last jedi was particularly hard to take because they had put you know what to do with kylo ren you know what to do with daisy Ridley, yeah. you don't yeah, know you, what to yeah. do with this this other character which oh. is
3: insane because here's the thing what they chose to do this is me going to be an anti kylo ren rant for about 30 seconds sorry so right folks <laughs> um So the issue being the arc they chose to give him is a bad arc because they made him want to be Vader and gave him a weird pseudo redemption arc. But he Mm -hmm. in no way earned that. I mean, fuck, the dude blew up a planet. He blew up several planets and we never talk about it again. He willingly chose to hurt people for no reason. No trauma, no real backstory until they decided to character assassinate Luke to give him a quote-unquote valid reason to go dark. So many characters were sacrificed on the altar of this white boy's man pain. And it's (laughs) fucking nonsense. Finn's arc was unique and interesting as it was set up in The Force Awakens. He was suggested to be a Force-sensitive stormtrooper who chose to be a part of the Resistance despite being absolutely terrified mm-hmm. of the First Order. But he chose to do it because it was the right thing to do. He got into a lightsaber fight with Kylo Ren and did a surprisingly good job for yep. a guy who has never held a lightsaber before. Yep. And then, by the end of this trilogy, he's never even called Force-sensitive on screen.
1: Nope. You just, you they just, never you just...
3: even say it.
1: Yeah, you're just left to be like, oh, he might be. Mm.
3: He's just there. I mean, fuck. No one was ever expecting Storm Pilot to actually be canon. Let's be clear. And if they were, they were wrong. The odds right. of that being a real relationship on screen were astronomically low. Disney just wasn't going to do it.
0: Right, right. But
3: that relationship, tossed aside, they actually removed the dynamic they had established. Here's because of the thing, right? In The Force Awakens, Poe and Finn have a relationship. Not a Hmm. super, like, in-depth one, but they have a dynamic. The Last Jedi, they barely speak to each other. Yep. Fine. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Then, in The Rise of Skywalker, they're just given a completely new dynamic for no reason with no explanation. We could talk about the fact that Finn gets to interact with one character consistently in that movie. Hmm. And that character... Rose, I want to like Rose Tycho because, you know, a woman of color in Star Wars, please. But we're given so little to work with in that in the one movie she's in. And -hmm. then she is barely there in Rise of Skywalker, specifically because she got so much shit from the fan base
1: for no reason. Because she was written
3: poorly. Like, that's not her fault
1: not her fun she asked she asked to like just diminish her role because so she wanted she want nothing to do with it anymore
2: after that in fact and i have stated this on our live stream and you can find us on twitch uh once a week where we do a live stream where we talk about weekly news no one hates star wars more than star wars fans and unfortunately rose Tycho and kelly marie tran face the bare brunt of that so mm-hmm. much so that you don't find her on social media anymore because star wars fans decided that that was a woman worth attacking
0: because the internet
1: likes bullying for some reason you know what it's funny that you brought up potential plots because here's what they could have gone through by the way so they entire they, their entire run to the casino planet now was complete bullshit just added in there to pad their time the real story would have had the two of them actually infiltrate to get that that code-breaking machine they they would have failed that plot but they would have freed the stormtroopers from their control and started a new rebellion in fact there's Ooh. treatments of finn holding a Brandishing a blue flag signifying their freedom.
3: Well, now that's just a good look.
1: Right? So that's a storyline that got dropped. Rise of Skywalker. Jeez, there's many directions that it could have gone, and it just got it just fell apart. So now I would have had Finn, Ray, and Poe, and some I think all three of the droids heading on a dangerous upriver mission, pretty much in this style of apocalypse now. The other treatment would have had Finn and Poe in a World War II inspired kind of like mission to find a code breaking machine that'd have brought down the final order plot on the first order there's there's a whole bunch of them another story would have had finn do the same thing go try to find a vital piece of information to help feet, defeat the first order he had have gone to like a uh junk planet probably Bracca from fallen order and then st- stumbled onto a lost sibling he would have felt the sibling through a forced connection la bitch another saw them the crew head to a distant planet to visit an old woman with a connection to raise youth as a scavenger and who who is also a blind shipbuilder. And they, they dropped that as well. So, they, they you know, there's a whole lot of things they were
2: going for, and they just exit it all for momentum. They
3: wrote half a dozen better stories than what they chose to give us.
2: You can so. find online Kevin Trevorrow's original Rise of Skywalker script. And what I highly recommend those that want to learn more on what that Star Wars movie could have been, if you have such problems, just like we do with that movie, mm. go look up what. That opening crawl would have looked like what those words would have said. How that story might have been told, and in my personal opinion, that is the director's cut we should be asking somebody for.
1: Yeah, I wish we could treat this trilogy as a fever dream that that was like just someone's fucking forced nightmare that they gave upon Luke, and we could just do
2: this all over again.
3: This is fanfic. This was someone's Star Wars fanfic. It is, and
2: yeah, you know what? If I
3: wanted to read Star Wars fanfic, I'd go to Ao3.
2: It go. is unfortunate that the three movies combined made such a disastrous story progression, but unfortunately with the extended canon being the comics and the things like that, this is what we have to work with.
1: Yeah, this is what we're forced to have. I know, this is why they're going back to the eras between <laughs> 3 and 4 now, because and, and after uh, after 6 and 7, because everything after that now is just a mess, so we don't go forward, now we go backwards which is okay totally fine by me so They actually
3: bookended their own universe
1: they did they did which is okay man i mean you know someone out there is gonna be smart enough to kind of restructure them and tr- and you know someone's gonna sit there and study those three films and be like i found a loophole someone will find a way to do it mm-hmm. there's always that one person who sits there and he's like i they-, they said this and they forgot all about it and i could use this now so i mean you know nothing's limited so we'll see for right now do your do your stuff a favor and just do the tv shows do them right and do them with a good ethnic cast. So far, so good. And don't you know, put these moves to rest for a while. And when you come up with a fresh idea, go back to that. But for now, you're doing great. After that whole, whole ordeal, John did speak up. You he saw, you he saw the GQ magazine interview where he spoke about his his uh, that whole that whole thing, that whole mess. And he did have a sit down talk with Disney. And you know what? From his own words, he said that they didn't just ignore him. They didn't you know give him the cold shoulder. They actually sat him down. They listened to everything he had to say they took it to face value and to heart they he didn't go into description of what they said back to him but you know he he did say that they they got the idea they got the message Mm -hmm. so you know going forward hopefully disney does go forward smart you know intelligent and you know more progressive and more you know more diverse it'd be nice particularly like me i'm a guy who loves star wars and never had a real not really a a character to reconnect to mace window was cool lando was all right you know but you didn't really get much of them and Finn was a was a new spark that I was hoping for, and he started well and didn't stick the landing. They aggressively and
3: threw a bucket of water on him. Yeah,
1: yeah, right. And it's just too bad, you know. boy can act, and they didn't let him do much with that character. So I think he got the short end of the stick. People often say that he was flat in that mo- in those movies. It's Not his fault. They gave him nothing to do, really. But you know what? After all that, I still I still love that character. So despite all the trash they gave him, I think Finn was still a symbol for me. Of things that could have gone and you know in my head canon finn's still doing cool things so fuck it But on the other end of the spectrum warner brothers is <laughs> not doing so progressive <laughs> and their mess is just as bad and in particular it goes with ray fisher and his treatment as Vic stone aka cyborg on the set of once was snyder's justice league now whedon's league the weakening League, I should say, and that whole fiasco too, of which every other character was treated very nice because they were nice and white. Cyborg was, and and Ray Fisher in particular were given no respect on set. In his words, treated poorly. And when it comes down to catchphrases, I to this day haven't heard anybody say any catchphrase in any superhero movie in a very long time. I haven't heard Hulk say you know Hulk Smash in a long time. You know, no one's really saying catchphrases anymore, right? And so. They were trying to force Ray Fisher to scream out, booyah. And remember, Red, you, you went through the whole list of how many times Cyborg has ever said booyah on page. And, Paige, and how, so many, how many times was
2: that? You can count them on one hand. Yeah. So for those uninitiated, that catchphrase of Cyborgs was made famous by the 2003 Teen Titans cartoon. Until yeah. then, Jeff Johns wrote the comic. George Perez wrote the comic. He didn't say booyah. Hulk hasn't said Hulk smash since Avengers 1. And unfortunately, the person behind Avengers 1 also caused Ray Fisher a whole bunch of grief as well. And we'll get to that in a second. But we can forgive a
3: catchphrase in the first Avengers because that was kind of still setting the tone for how modern superhero movies worked. Yeah. There you go. You know, towing the line between campy and serious. So, yeah, throw a catchphrase or two, see how they stick, see how they land. If they don't, drop them. And sure enough, catchphrases got dropped because they just don't work live action very well
2: it's almost (laughs) (laughs) like no real human would say that and they were written for kids Uh, one woman used to be the the person to say great hera superman used Mm -hmm. to be the man to say up up and away or this Mm -hmm. looks like a job for Mm -hmm. i believe christopher reeves version of superman was the last time someone actually said up up and away before he lifted off the fucking ground
1: that's right so for Ray Fisher to be forced to say Booyah and for him to fight back and say, I'm not saying it. And then you can even see this scene in the movie where he does say Booyah. It's just a very flat line, no energy in it. And you could see it on his face. He didn't want to say it.
2: And at the point of this recording, the Snyder Cut has not been released. It is my personal opinion that. If that is the audience that you are directing your movie at and you want to aim your audience at the people that grew up with the Teen Titans cartoon, you find a script, a reason they win the thing. They do, you know, they do something exciting and then he screams a thing and be like, oh, I'm just testing it out. And you leave it there.
4: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: This isn't something that you make him say consistently because, haha, pandering." you see that? We remember that thing you like. This is a, Booyah isn't like... It's an announcement. It's a, oh, yeah, we did the thing. Congratulations. Mm. Right? If you think of
3: of him as, you know, a former football player, you know, football players yell a lot. So if you had chosen to characterize him as still more in touch with that part of his life and that part of himself, then maybe an exclamation upon victory would have made sense. But that's not what the character was.
2: That character was now a melancholy person whose humanity was stripped from Mm. him. Mm-hmm. And now he has like a scorn, an absolute scorn identity as a character because he doesn't know his own humanity from where his machinery starts.
1: Right. And by no means are we are we fapping the Snyder, the Snyder lap right now for that Snyder cut. Right. Because we still have to see it and what that comes out to. But from whatever we're told, there's two different scripts and you can see that Snyder had something planned for for Ray Fisher and, and Vic Stone. He had there's a whole connection and a whole narrative that of just Cyborg alone in this whole movie that is a key factor. That was just written out for just Mother Box mystery. Hawking MacGuffin. Yeah, it just, you know, the Weedening loves MacGuffins, though. That's his, that's his thing. That's that's what he loves to do a whole lot. As he went along, later years, he got terrible at it. And he started using it for every script he ever made. So, one trick pony, perhaps. Um, And speaking of that guy, anyways, man, better off the way it is now. Like, now that everything's coming to light with everything that's been going on with Even past co-stars from previous projects that he had, in particular Buffy and all that, so it's it's hard to it's hard to listen to like all the things that are that are that are coming to light now about this guy. But it's good that it is, and you know it's time for him to go. We don't like these fossils behind the camera. These fossils hold people back, and they do very terrible things.
2: And believe not get away with it. Just people they hold cinema back. If you were to look at. Probably the most, like, stand up way to represent Black culture or a Black person in a movie, you look to Marvel and you look to Black Panther on how every thing in that movie is a nod to something of an African culture, from set design True. to props to costume design and everywhere in fucking between. Right from the right. way they I talk. Like, it's
3: what it's I, I can, can really say. Actual Black people working on something, they create something yeah. that's respectful
1: right like they like they said that you know black black content's just not for black people right black entertainment is for everybody and it it spoke right the ticket sales for black panther were just not just only
2: black people Mm -hmm. that movie made a billion dollars for a reason
1: for a reason people went to go see that because they wanted they wanted to see it that was something that genuinely interested them and they genuinely loved it and you know they and even even they felt the pain when bozeman had passed away so even his even his presence left a resonance amongst amongst the people that are not that are not his people, and that's that's amazing. Here on the other spectrum, they just can't get it right, man. I mean, like, I, not to not to not to pull on Marvel some more, but I mean, like, when it even comes down to Winter Soldier, right? We we introduced Sam Wilson, and Sam was just a guy. He just happened to be black. You know what I mean? They didn't emphasize his culture. They didn't emphasize he's African American. They didn't he was just a guy, a nice guy who decided to help Steve Rogers. He was just a guy happen to be black so Mm -hmm. progression right they're not just they're not just entering to an audience they're not not using a stereotype again more more examples they valkyrie was just valkyrie but she happened to be black i mean war machine is a highly respected
2: rank in the military
1: yeah he's a high ranking officer man he Mm -hmm. just happens to be black so like they when it comes down to like showing ethnic you know ethnic people in prominence and power marvel does it really well DC does it too, but just Warner Brothers hasn't been presenting that on screen, and they haven't been translating that, and that's that's the sad thing.
2: They Um, can do it. It is possible. They have a written legacy of characters that bring a black perspective to the spotlight. Previously, just this month, we have released three full episodes on character spotlights, on different characters across all genres on how you portray black people in any industry for that matter. That's right. I am not... Let me make this 100% clear. I will Mm. not defend the ultimate cut or any sort of cut besides the Snyder Cut because all of those are directed by a very, very hateful and antiquated man who wouldn't Mm. know his ass from his head. That's right. Mm -hmm. However, Ray Fisher's Cyborg in that is not... It is not a tale of that he is black and is his identity. That is not what's mm-hmm. on the line for that character. I do not want to applaud DC or Warner Brothers or that very hateful man for not turning it into that. That's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm pointing at is that you had a story in front of you and unfortunately your main director had to leave for very personal reasons and you handed it to a person who who had not made a successful film that made money in 10 years to date on upon release of that movie, you put it in his hands on purpose. Unfortunately, this not falls on Mr. Whedon. This falls at executives of DC who had to pick somebody to take that place.
1: Shit. There, there's, there's many other names you to pull from the hand. This guy, this guy just got kicked out of one camp for probably obvious reasons um so he probably came knocking at your door saying i can do this
2: a hundred percent
3: and yet
2: and yet
1: <laughs> and yet all he did was take the same avenger script and reuse it
2: yeah something knows you knows how to make a different, different. movie yeah. <laughs> in fact like, i think that's it in fact it is the warner brothers executives that the spiteful and well-earned hatred towards wb as a brand is aimed
1: I believe the head right now is Walter Hamada, and I believe he's allowing all the the behavior to happen, and he's the one who tried to silence Fisher also, and try to try to impede the investigation and whatnot. So he, you know, which is crazy because he himself is a person of color. He's of a different race. He's Japanese, I believe, and so for him to be going to be to be like this is, you know, like shocking because you're a minority too, my friend. You just have to be in a position of power, and you, this is how you're treating other minorities. It's just you know. A bad look my friend yeah it's kind of ridiculous with ray speaking up and you know again watching watching the audience you know go back and forth with between either backing ray or calling him out and saying he's full of you know bs and it's all for a stage and blah 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 and he's looking for attention and he needs work and blah. no man this is a person who really went through an ordeal and the investigation shows that you know something really went down there there are there's a reason why the weeding is not working anymore there's a reason why these people are being investigated and getting in trouble.
2: There's also, to tag on to that, there is also a reason why fans were so desperate for a Snyder Cut. Right. You have the most like recognizable brands in the Batman symbol and the Superman symbol. In fact, they are more recognizable than the Crucifix. And you decided to put it onto characters that mean something that actually were partially explorations into what it means to be those characters that Superman is not Christopher Reeves happy-go-lucky up-up and away Superman that Batman is very much from the Grant Morrison let's be edgy Batman and that's fine that's a take that's fine that's okay not everybody's gonna like that but that's okay the (laughs) Joss Whedon version of Justice League is a spit in the face on both those characters and to not even get into the fact that you shoehorned the Amazons into that movie and characters that at that point had no place in that movie. You, If you want to hear our big in-depth discussion on Justice League as a whole, we did an entire episode about it.
3: On the shoehorning in of the Amazons, not only mm. did he force them into a movie they didn't have to be in, he actually undermined their previous appearance. If you've seen side-by-side comparisons of the Amazon mm-hmm. costumes from Wonder Woman and the Amazon costumes used in Justice League, the entire point of practical cool warrior woman, they were putting sexy skimpy outfits instead and they got their asses kicked. It was it was like taking these characters that you were told, "Hey, here are cool ladies, you should respect them. They're awesome." and going, "Actually, sexy cannon fodder." You know, the disrespect
1: really fucked because snyder worked hand in hand with with patty jenkins one wonder woman he, the the design and everything they worked hand in hand together so that everything would would be cohesive and and flow together she you know if anything didn't didn't look right to her she wouldn't allow it and zach was along with it so costume wise and set in set design and such and such was was both in part of them and then it gets it gets thrown out the window because you know who wants to see skin a whole lot because he, he, he's, he's weedening, man. Eh? He doesn't respect
3: um, people of color. He doesn't respect women. He respects his own ego above yep. all else.
1: And mm-hmm. instead he's of sad. giving
3: us characters, he puts in fucking caricatures.
1: Yeah. He's That's so sad. That's the
3: entire movie.
1: Maybe. Perhaps. I believe. I believe in the Snyder Cut. Uh, Momoa's skin tone would be corrected back to normal.
3: You mean they won't make him lighter skinned purely because Whedon is racist? Uh,
1: because in because in his version aquaman is a white guy so he's like he's like oh well if you got hired this guy i'm just gonna make him a white guy because his skin tone needs to be lighter so he's white now okay (laughs) (laughs) okay that's it's my movie yeah so perhaps Momo can get his 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 complexion back to normal in the steiner cut Mm. um it looks like it and everything looks like because honestly that movie looks like it's been color corrected all over so hopefully it looks better than movie god because fucking shit that that we didn't cut with that red sky background just looked like i was in the worst video game ever and that shit sucked man
0: looks like you were in a double mccry
1: scene it looks so shitty and again man not to not to derail too much but like again fisher spoke up about this stuff and so on that you know on that end of the camp things are being taken care of kind of <laughs> warner brothers response to ray fisher is to fire him so they let him go from the upcoming flash project which whatever you know, after all that treatment, I wouldn't want to work for you anyway. So, How
2: And you know what? That? Ezra Miller has his own fucking shenanigans going, and maybe one day we'll talk about that. But mm-hmm. a Flash movie can exist without fucking Cyborg. you can. With or without Cyborg, and we would have preferred with, I believe I speak for everyone in that matter.
1: It would have been nice. It would have been nice. Mm-hmm. Right,
2: right, just to elaborate on I'm whatever the, the fuck. Yeah, exactly. It
1: would have been nice.
2: That movie is going to well, be what it is.
1: I mean, again, you know, like, like you said, Ezra, Ezra has his set of allegations and yet he's well employed. We have, you know, who she, who will not be named still work in that camp. They all had to be, they all had to work with her and the happy thing is her, at least her scenes were separate. So I mean, it's not like they actually had to interact with the bitch. So good on that, but yeah, Warner brothers has a lot of work to do and they could look at the other side of the world and see that those guys are doing it well and then kind of take some notes from their book. You know, guys, this is the exam I want you guys to actually cheat on. Look at Disney's notes, look at Marvel's notes, and be like, I'm copying that. Do it. Do it now. Not 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 the whole way through. You I mean, have. I see the way they treat I see the
2: way they treat their women and see the way they treat their, their people of color. Start doing that. It gets even more basic than that. You have characters, you have shows that you put on television on purpose for a reason to show culture and show people on purpose. And then you turned around AT&T and spat in the face of all of those people. If you wonder why, by chance, you go to sleep at night and you scratch your head and you can't fall asleep because you wonder why your movie didn't make enough money, it's kind of because you spat in the face of static shock.
1: You kind of did that on everything.
2: (laughs) You don't need to go any further. You don't need to look at the comics. You strictly need to look at the TV show that you produced under whoever management but you put out and you put on your platform for mm-hmm. everybody to watch on purpose it is a gold star on how to portray characters in the light that they were meant for and it is not sidelining it is facing issues head on and you spat in the face of that audience
1: i mean hell they're doing it really well with young justice even right cyborg and there is still a, a very very cool character and yeah, they don't make him scream booyah
2: and stuff. And you know what I mean? Like there's just it seems like their TV department seems to know what they're doing. Exactly. In fact, you just have to look at Doom Patrol. There's a cyborg there. And I believe he's only said booyah once in two seasons. There you go. <laughs> their TV department
1: seems to know what they're doing, right? You have your, your LGBTQ plus characters there. You have your ethnic characters there. All their shows seem to be doing it right. But why can't your movies do it correctly, man? I don't understand what the problem is.
2: I don't get it. Anybody with two brain cells between them could write a Batman script. Anybody with two cents between them, fuck, we could write a Superman script.
1: Fuck, yeah. However... to
3: could, could write
1: the origin of Thomas and Martha getting shot. Do you, want, guys, you guys want that? My
2: Our
3: po- pearls won't scatter.
2: <laughs> My point was that it takes a upper level of thinking a little bit to transform these ultra-known characters into something magmatic into mm. something that oh you know what that's not just Batman that's Keaton's Batman that's not just mm-hmm. Batman that's Adam West Batman he portrayed a very specific arc and portrayal on did something on mm. purpose with thoughts and feelings behind it when you handicap the thoughts and feelings behind it you no longer have art you have money and unfortunately that's right. movies aren't made by just throwing money at things mm-hmm. movies are Half art, half money. And in a perfect world, it's 50-50. In our world, unfortunately, it tends to be 75-25, but the art is still there.
1: Somehow, someway, some of it still translates on
2: screen. To come upside on a brighter note, the fact that this, that Zack Snyder gets attempt number two at his movie hmm. is a godsend.
1: It's It's like over the course of time right like it's it's weird how we we progress and then we fall backwards yet again right i can bring up shows you know that had not only like i was told you guys before like you had star trek deep space nine you had, you know captain benjamin cisco was was he was the main guy and the whole crew he was, he was a captain but he was black and it gave you a character of you know at the race of prominence made you feel good star trek always seems to be able to do that correctly they they do it beautifully even even right mm-hmm. now, with Star Trek Discovery, your main captain is a black female. That's mind-boggling, but it's there and it's happening. You had characters like Captain Janeway. You even had TV. shows like Alias. You know what I mean? You had women who were doing things. You had men and women of of different race doing things. And then suddenly, like the trend died out, and we're back to just I don't want to say all Caucasian, all white, but I mean again, that's back on screen, and it's just like where did that progression die? Why did it die? I thought we were going forward and we're now we're going backwards and now here it is, we're kind of fighting for it again. And now that we're, you know, we're, I think, you know, as, as time goes on, you know, the internet gets bigger and bigger and things, you know, advance, And so communication is much more quicker and just faster. So when something happens, you know, that note, that news flows and people, you know, people want to be heard. And, and so, you know, guys like me who want more characters of race, both men and women, and all sorts of whatever your sexual preference is. I don't give a fuck what that is. But I just want more of that on screen. Represent them because we do exist. And so we want to have a connection on screen as well. So one camp's doing it well, the other camp, please start doing better and and rant.
2: If I may start to close us off, what I will leave our audience with and what we'll play for probably the next couple minutes and then we will end our show proper is the words of John Boyega when he was part of the Black Lives Matter march. Last June. I
4: need, I need you guys to understand, <laughs> I need you to understand how faithful this is. I need you to understand how faithful it is guys, 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 to be reminded every day that your race means nothing. And that isn't the case anymore. That is never the case anymore. We are going to try today. We are a physical representation of our support for George Floyd. I'm them. I'm on our support for Sandra Bland. We are a physical representation On our support for Trayvon Martin. We are a physical representation of our support for Stephen Lawrence. For Mark Duggan. Black men, black men we need to take care of black women. We need to take care of them. They are our hearts! They are our hearts. They are our future. We cannot demonize our own. Amen. We are the pillars of the family. Yes. Yes. Imagine this, a nation that is set up with individual families that are thriving, that are healthy, that communicate, that raise their children in love, have a better rate of becoming better human beings. Black lives have always mattered. We have always been important. We have always meant something. We have always succeeded regardless.
2: Are what we are trying to drive home throughout this entire month of doing episodes.
1: Yeah, these past four weeks were not just about one particular race per se. We were just highlighting, you know, creations and endeavors that we were backing. But as as this is also for, you know, the the women and such, you know, the the rest of the crowd that um, that are underrepresented as well no way as as we go along we'll, we'll speak about that more and more um i find that these discussions are informative and i think we should do more of them actually so i'm looking forward to more open topics with you guys
3: always scary to get a political but you know what we're we're getting to that point where if we're not getting political we're getting complacent that's just not acceptable
1: not acceptable mm-hmm. right and these are things that we love and so we should you know along with the rest of the crowd we should speak up as well too so
0: on my part i really haven't I guess, said much or discussed much, but like obviously how Shino has uh portrayed and you know talked about the different discussions, it's like there, there's not much to be said when it's the facts are as said, given and you know, pointed out. Yes,
1: I said a lot, huh? <laughs> Yeah, so
0: <laughs> it's like and the thing is if like like if there was more to stuff like I didn't know or there was obviously more stuff to add on, mm. I would, but at the same time, you know, there the main thing is is that the hard facts are right th- as it is in front of us we have to listen to people that you know they're talking that are letting us know what the situations are behind the scenes and as per se like we have to be aware of what's happening with everybody that's say being quiet down or pushed down because of the bigger guys right so you yeah. gotta be there to at least help and support those who are speaking mm-hmm. out and do our best to do so damn right
2: nobody could have said it better yeah <laughs> you want to know what else nobody could have said better
0: How's that <laughs> the outro
2: hey <laughs>
0: <laughs> with this open discussion coming to a close that brings us to our socials which is twitter is uh crusade nerd our instagram is at nerd crusade and we also upload every wednesday to youtube and you can download any previous episodes or listen on your mobile device through the anchor.fm website or wherever podcasts are found by searching nerd crusade and that's to be continued
2: black lives matter
0: Thanks for tuning in. If you like this video, go ahead and button mash a thumbs up. If you want to swing by when we have a new video, web up the sub button. Oh, and while you're at it, hit the bell to be notified. Bye.